Hello friends, <coughs> excuse me, hello friends and welcome to uh, season two, episode nine, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but don't quote me on that, uh, of Nature Therapy Online. My name is Stephen McCabe and I'm an ecotherapist living in Midlothian in Scotland and as you can hear, I'm by the river, uh, the river South Esk, in the South Esk Valley, a, a forested glen where I walk quite a lot and I'm here with my dog Yoro. I'm stood by a tiny waterfall I'm not sure if it's big enough to be classed as a waterfall but when the water is this shallow and the water is falling over the rocks like this it's a, it's definitely a waterfall of sorts as far as I'm concerned it's really beautiful so I'm here in the place where I've recorded many podcasts it's very sloppy on the earth today. It's been quite a lot of rain and um, there's a lot of fallen trees here probably since I was last here. Um, we've had a lot of storms over the winter in Scotland. It's been very, and in the UK uh, generally actually, but although it wasn't a very cold winter, it was a very stormy winter this year. So. In the forest here, there are um, trees that have been stood for hundreds of years that have fallen right up, been completely uprooted by the wind. And when you look at some of these trees and you see how these mighty trees that, you know, just reach into the sky have been uprooted by the wind, it really gives you a sense of the power of the wind. But let's just stop and listen to this little natural waterfall here for a few moments. Whatever you are or whatever you're doing. Just take a minute to stop and listen. You might be able to hear the birds. It's spring, almost at least. The birds of the forest have begun to, began to sing. My dog Yoro was waiting for me to walk. So I'm gonna walk silently for another moment or two. Just listen. just past a very old stony bridge that crosses the river. The river itself here is only about 
at this point I would say maybe I don't know four to five meters wide there are three river esks in the UK and two of them are in Scotland one is in the north of England and our river esque in Midlothian is the, the baby one it's the small one I found myself being strangely disappointed when I found that out <laughs> but my, my river esque is the smallest river esque and no, that couldn't be surely ours is the grandest and the best of all aren't we just really strange creatures humans what's wrong with living by the little esque I'll tell you absolutely nothing because it's beautiful but here there's hardly any water today compared to how it usually is it's very very shallow I can see all the rocks at the bottom there seems to be more water on the path here where I'm stood than in the river of course that's a gross exaggeration but I want to tell you that this is going to be the last episode that I do for quite some time um, you may have noticed that I missed an episode last month for those of you who listen regularly for those of you who listen in retrospect you know um, that this doesn't make any sense to you but that's fine um, but yeah for those of you who do listen regularly and are listening uh, uh, you know in, in real time as close to real time as a podcast gets anyway um, yeah I apologize for not being here last month I've been pretty busy mostly with writing recently and I wanted to give myself a wee bit of headspace it was very busy after Christmas and I was inspired by a lot of other podcasters who I listen to who don't seem to have any qualms about taking a two or three month break without telling everybody and I thought well you know what if it's good enough for you it's good enough for me as well so I'll have a little break and um, and reevaluate and, and I have reevaluated a few things and I think that this is probably going to be the last episode that I do um, probably not forever you know uh, podcasting is an amazing tool um, but as far as doing it regularly is concerned I am struggling to find the time and, and, and I don't as I've said before I don't want this to be a chore nothing none of the work that I do with nature which is all of my working life um, although the podcast is a labor of love it doesn't it doesn't pay it's so much but um, it's something I do mostly as a labor of love but all the same I have other labors of love going on and there's only so much room in my life for you know um, one or two labors of love at a time so writing is where I am right now and um, and so I'm going to record the last one today so maybe sometime in the future I will record more um, but for now I think we can assume that it's going to be quite some time before that happens so I thought we could come for one last mindful walk and I'd encourage you to go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes if, even if you've listened already it's amazing how different our experiences of nature can be even a recording of the exact same thoughts and the exact same sounds or wherever it is I've been recording how we experience things so differently each time depending on where where our life is and where our focus is so I'm coming up now to 
another little body of water here that meets the meets the Esk. I'm going over an old stony bridge where trolls definitely live. I'm sure I've told you that before. And here I'm looking down and at about my waist height there is a old stony wall. It must be, the wall of the bridge it is and it must be hundreds and hundreds of years old this thing it's covered in moss lime green moss i'm not sure which kind i'm just giving it a little stroke now it's really damp and wet quite soothing actually and the way that the river meets the underneath of the bridge here is, is, is really interesting. It's like, uh, it, it, as it's going up a hill in front of me and the water is rushing down the hill, it's somewhere in between a, yeah, like a small river and a waterfall. It's not a waterfall because there's no little cliff that the water falls from, but it's like, it's just streaming all the way down the hill. On either side, on my right, there is just these huge, enormous trees. There are some yew trees, the tree, the symbol of, of, of death and renewal. A little bird has just flown in. Looking very happy with itself. I'm not sure what kind of bird that is, but it's not one I recognize. It's got a kind of orangey sort of colour. But favourite to a right there, enormous trees. There's a redwood cedar, there's a massive cypress of some kind. The tips are reaching into the sky. And all around this river here is a lot of old rhododendrons. When I say old, they're probably quite young. And there are snowdrops everywhere because it's that time of year, although the snowdrops, I think, are beginning to die. I think it's, we're getting on to, to daffodil and, and, and crocus time. Come on, Yoro, going this way. Yoro's not very happy that I'm not going the way he wants me to go. It's my little whippet, if you're listening for the first time. He stood on the bridge, looking very sad and lost. It's like a... It's like a very sad fairy tale, this. I'm looking at the... The stony bridge that has all of the vines dangling over it, covering the, covering the archway underneath. And at the top of the bridge, you can just see Yoro's tiny little grey whippet face looking extremely sad. Come on. He's given up his sadness. We're going this way. Come on. listen to those birds when your mind wanders just bring it back to the sounds here the sounds of the river and the birds and Yoro scrambling in the bushes
What an amazing sounding bird. I have to say the place has really come alive. Before I carry on walking, I want to tell you about uh, a really lovely book that I've been reading by a guy called Eric Keller. That's Eric with a K. And it's called A Therapist's Garden. And he's a horticultural therapist and a master gardener based in the USA. And Eric sent me a copy of his new book. And, uh, and it's just wonderful. I wanted to tell you about it. It's, it's split into seasons of the year and it's all about his experiences as a horticultural therapist. He works with all kinds of charitable organizations, um, mostly in the northeast of the USA, if I'm not mistaken. And what I love about the book is that it's got each month has got snippets of folklore and um, tips on growing, and reasons why you should be engaging with this beautiful act of helping things to grow why it's so good for us but also just the stories you know about the people he's worked with and it begins with him going into a, a women's prison and i just thought that was a really lovely place to begin the book you know somewhere where people are locked away and not able to access nature in the ways that we take for granted and yet even in there there are horticultural projects and you know it's clear from Eric's book just how good it is for us and and how many people he's reached I think the locations mostly covered are New England New York and Connecticut and it's just full of all these lovely little stories you know of, of how people have been touched and how he's helped people with cancer and young people it's got these lovely little line drawings in as well these lovely little sketches and i'm just really drawn to the tips little things you can do with nature in each season which takes you beyond horticulture and into nature connection more wildly well, more wildly that was a, a freudian slip and it works more widely i was meant to say but let's stick with wildly So I'm sure you can get this book in all the, the usual places online and uh, it's just lovely. I would really recommend it. I don't, I, I, I don't recommend too many books here, mostly because surprisingly for an ecotherapist, I don't read that many ecotherapy books. I'm, I've got my head in books of folklore and, and, and old myths and fairy tales, as you know. That's, that's, my, uh, that's my ecotherapy on the page. But... I'm really glad that I took the time out for this one. I'm reading it month by month, so I've just finished March because that's where I am now, and it's one of those books I'm keeping it by my, by my little chair. I'm going to take it out and, and, and let it accompany me through the year. So, so yeah, so it's uh, Eric Keller and A Therapist's Garden. I really recommend it, folks, so please do check it out. As you'll hear, we've come to quieter place here and I wanted to spend 
perhaps a little bit of time on, on, on death and renewal. Two things that are quite pertinent today, actually, you know, it's an ending of this podcast, this really lovely project that I've been doing now for nearly, nearly two years. I started off weekly, then I went monthly with longer sessions and like all things, it feels like it's time to, to move on, but it's really helped me to grow as a, as a nature therapist, just to wander about and, and to talk about what I see. It's been, it's been a, a, a growth process for me in that respect. And it's been therapeutic for me in that respect. And on that theme, things that, that finish, you know, this ending of a podcast as a kind of death so that I have space to, to grow in new directions. And we're always doing this in our lives and nature gives us so many examples of it, death and renewal. And all of it is around me right now. The renewal is, is everywhere. It's in the time of year. It's in the, the sound of the, the, the songbirds who you've been listening to. The snowdrops that I saw crossing the bridge. The first flowers to appear after the winter. But I was telling you before about all of the trees that have been uprooted in this forest, in the Southwest Valley. And this one here in front of me, I don't know how, I, do, I just, I don't know how the wind uprooted this tree. So it's, let me go closer and let me figure out what kind of tree it is. I'm really not very good when it comes to describing things in measurements. So <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I can go with meters for this because, you know, if, if I was, let's say it's 50 meters, it's huge, it's enormous. It may be bigger than 50 meters. I'm gonna go up to its pines, this poor fallen tree. So um, let me see. I think it's a spruce of some kind, an evergreen tree. This must have stood for hundreds of years. So where I am now, the, the trunk of this spruce spreads far to my right and far to my left. And I'm here now touching the, touching the branches of this tree the needles of this tree that were once in the sky are now in my hand. You can hear the water running behind it. The trunk is level with my face because the roots, there's a tiny bit of it still left in the, in the ground, but that's over to my right. And as you can hear, the, the river is there behind. And what strikes me as I stand here next to this huge fallen tree is how it's shaping and changing the landscape before us. How this riverbank will never be the same again because it's, it's now a huge tree. This, this huge tree has fallen and has blocked an access to the water, at least from this side. But it's, it's wonderful. It's sad that the tree fell and that it died and yet 
in the bigger picture, it's just change. The tree has died, but the whole surroundings have become something new because of that change. It, the earth will change, it will become part of the earth. The water will still flow and still run. Come on, Euro, he's not happy about this. He's never happy about this. About me just stopping and noticing. Where I want to take you now, where I'm walking is this, this incredible place. I'm going to go in with the roots of the tree. So I'm now going in to stepping in amongst rocks and I'm now stood where the roots of this tree were. All the space around me is where these roots were. It was huge. I mean, this, this space here could be a, you know, you could fit a couple of garden sheds in here, no problem. And its roots are above me. I'm looking at the, the soil and the rocks that the roots grew around ahead of me. Yoro's drinking some water from the pool where the roots were. Looking into all this detail of the small roots in the tree, it's like, they're like human veins. I don't think it's a coincidence that they look like human veins. These same pat patterns just repeat themselves throughout nature. Patterns that support life. It's a very strange feeling to have the roots of the tree up above me where it's fallen. It's twice, twice as high as I am, these roots. You could put up planks of wood here if it wasn't so damp and, and and, and so full of, of old rocks and stones, you could easily make quite a big, quite a big outdoor hut here, no problem. So I want you to visualize this place for a minute, for a moment. I'm standing looking out over the yews of the forest and behind me now are the roots. Stretching out above me, the muck and the, the tiny roots of the tree towering above me like a small house behind me. The tree has fallen all the way in the other direction, uprooting it and I'm stood in the, the big hole in the ground that the roots have left. How do you feel when you visualize this? What sort of energy is is in your body as your mind conjures this image, standing in the gap in the earth where the roots stood for hundreds of years, where the roots grew for hundreds of years. What sort of feelings do you get when you listen to the sounds of the river? 
Did the sound of my phone texting disturb you? And, and if so, how did you feel about that? I don't believe in editing our experiences with nature to give something that's perfect. And that's something I decided with this podcast early on. We get disturbed when we connect with nature by all kinds of things, by our own technology. And it's okay. It's life. What sort of feelings do you get when you listen to this? The running river. stood next to a, a rock that's just full of this exquisite moss that's soaking wet. It's lime green, thick moss. You can't even see the rock anymore. The only reason I know it's a rock is because of its, its sturdy shape. And there's little tiny trees growing from this rock, a tiny little tree. I think it's a beech sapling perched on the end of the moss hanging over the water this tiny little tree growing next to the place where the huge enormous tree has died so many things are growing here Yoro's getting a rub behind the ears as I talk who's Yoro? Can you hear him making a slightly satisfied sound? Probably not. He's a good boy. He's looking for once a biscuit. And this sound which has become a little bit iconic on my podcast, apparently, and that's the sound of Yoro chewing on a, a dog treat. How about this one? It's definitely a satisfying sound of nature, that, isn't it? It's so mossy here. I've only just realised, and, you know, the sun has come out and is shining here, and... The place is just full of rocks and, and moss. Big tall grasses. And there's another fallen tree in front of me as well. That tree fell a long, long time ago. So long ago that there's all kinds of new trees growing with on the old tree. Growing upon the old tree, I should say. Listen to these lovely grasses here. These big, huge grasses. Spiders' legs. It's lovely. Come on, Yoro. He's chewing a stick. That's the way dogs experience deep nature connection, the chewing of the stick. Might give it a try myself one day, let you know how that goes. Perhaps that will be my comeback episode in a few years time. Season three, episode one, 
stick chewing. Come on, Yoro. And as we've been focusing on death and renewal, it feels, feels like the right thing to do to stop here. I've got how many yew trees? One, two, three, four, five yew trees on the path here. Probably all a couple of hundred years old each, I would think. And they really cast shade all along the path, these yews. So where there's light outside everywhere, where the sun is shining onto the forest floor, I step into the darkness. And of course, yew trees in the UK, and I'm sure in other, some other countries as well, are associated with death. And a lot of old graveyards were built where yew trees are, so deep symbolism around around death and, and renewal and as with some other trees such as the oak and the hawthorn some people see it as a gateway to another world that it can help us pass over to the other world safely just have a listen to me stroking the bark of this old yew and also listen to how when I get closer to it, my voice changes. It changes the, the whole, the whole uh, sound. And I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but, but I'll give you a demonstration. So as I talk now, and then I get closer to the oak, it just changes completely. And then I move back again, it changes completely. These wonderful ways that nature changes our actual the way our voice, the way we sound. But listen to how the bark sounds. It's got all this lovely moss on it and it's so old. Listen and lichen. Surrounded here in the darkness of the oak and feel protecting, protective. So there is a sense of protection here actually. We always see stepping into the darkness as a bad thing, don't we? And stepping into the light as a positive thing, at least in, in old stories, that's the the symbolism that's used, but well sometimes stepping into the darkness is is where the safety is. Sometimes being out in the light is, is not safe and it brings a sense of exposure that we don't actually want. Ducking down under the boughs of another yew here as I move through the path. And there's a really safe energy here with these trees. You might like to listen to some squidgy wellies.
here we go I got my trousers dirty so you could listen to that so I hope you enjoyed it <laughs> I did I'm just walking, just taking a walk. You know, I've never really listened back to my podcasts in full. I think I did with the first few and, and obviously some of those earlier ones, I didn't actually go out in nature. And sometimes even in the second series, I've sat at home and, and shared thoughts, but One thing I've noticed when I've quickly gone through is that the best parts are the parts where I shut up and I just leave the space. And that's the best tool of the ecotherapist or the nature therapist, just knowing when to step back and shut up <laughs> and let people let people experience what they're experiencing. Let nature make itself known to the people who you work with. What can I convey to you that these birds don't convey a hundred thousand times better? heading back to the, to the bridge to the place where Yoro was oh so sad before <laughs> the place where the trolls be I'm not looking too closely though because if the trolls see you then that's when you can get in trouble best just to move on And so, across the bridge, past the trolls, Yoro's here, and I feel like the time is coming to wrap up this episode, wrap up this season, perhaps wrap up this series altogether, who knows. I don't like to put a, a stop on anything, to be honest. I may well reevaluate the season, the, the, the series and and come back next year with a new idea and a different way of doing things. And, and I hope I do, to be honest. But at the same time, I'm not tying myself to that. And it feels like I would like to say goodbye for now in this context. But, you know, I'm still here, I'm still online, at least 
for as long as I'm alive. So who knows when you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening in a few years. I mean, for all I know, somebody could be listening 200 years into the future to this podcast, in which case, don't go looking for me, okay? You probably figured it out, but I'm not here anymore. I'm somewhere else. Something else. But who knows what. That's the great mystery, isn't it? One thing that ecotherapy has taught me is not to be so afraid of that. Everything has changed and movement. Nothing stays the same. And if it did, well, it'd be pretty bloody boring, wouldn't it? You know, life would life would not I don't think it would be something worth living it's this change this constant change that makes it worthwhile it's our impermanence that makes it worthwhile and, and our appreciation of that impermanence our appreciation of being right here right now and being alive and looking at all this life around us these trees that grow this little squirrel that's just ran up the tree these birds that sing these birds that just woke up this morning and began to sing. What a gift to have this. And I want you to appreciate this gift whenever you can. Some point every day, just stop. Look around you and appreciate this gift. No matter what is happening around in the world, no matter the horrors that are going, no matter the fears for the future, we need to deal with all of these things. But we also need to appreciate this gift. That's kind of where we've gone wrong. We stopped appreciating the gift. So as we fight for the future, do it with an appreciation of the gift and a joy in the gift. know the beauty and the wonder of what it is that we're trying to save when we fight climate change and i want to thank you for listening to this podcast and thank everybody for all of the really lovely lovely emails i've had over the last couple of years and i do want you to keep in touch as i say as long as i'm alive (laughs) keep in touch You know where to find me by now, and if you don't, that's what the end credits are for. And uh, and yeah, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed sharing my my life with you, my my space, this forest, my favourite place in the world. And I'm just really moved and touched that it's meant something to so many of you and that you've actually listened and you've wrote to me to tell me that it means something to you and it's meant a lot to me as well. So take care and look after yourselves and give yourself those moments every day, no matter where you are or what you're doing. 
open a window and breathe the air if that's all you can do but give yourself a moment every day thank you I'm sending lots of love and hugs from Midlothian Scotland bye bye visit me online at naturetherapyonline.net